Strength Matters Media, video, print, podcasts. Hey, it's Josh Kennedy here, host of the Fit Over 30 podcast. Today, we're talking about what 2022 taught us, the top five takeaways. Welcome to the Fit Over 30 podcast, the podcast for people over 30 who want to look better, feel better, and perform better. If you're new to the show, we release a new episode every Tuesday, but if you're listening to this and you're not part of the inner circle, you're missing out on some great content, including video courses, books, masterclasses, workouts, private group, and our coveted monthly print magazine. You can discover our very best content and join at strengthmatters.com forward slash inner circle. Now back to the show. This is the Fit Over 30 podcast. If you're new to the show, great to have you here. Happy 2023. Please make sure to subscribe and review, and then we can reach more and more people this year. James, welcome back. How was your Christmas? How was your new year? Oh, God. One one (laughs) illness to another. Oh, God. He begins with, oh, God. (laughs) Exactly. That's how how I roll this year. Oh, it was mental. We we, we recorded that last episode before Christmas, and it was all going well. We did the Perry stuff. And then suddenly, whatever it was, uh, I came down with the dreaded Seawood. Oh, dear. So it ruined my double Christmas dinner (laughs) on Christmas Day. And it just made it just made me tired. Like I'm just it's just only today that I'm starting to come out the other end of it and starting to feel better again. But yeah, it was yeah. But other than that, it was good. I, I didn't infect anybody else. I had to That's good. keep myself good. a little bit away from other people pretty much. Uh, so it was a lonely, miserable time. How about that? Brilliant. What a what a great start. Happy New Year, everyone. But what, a cracking... <laughs> what a cracking start. Uh well I had a lovely Christmas day actually at my mum and dad's. Um however, Boxing Day party was cancelled. Because Liz's family all got ill, so there's just so much illness year. going around. It's crazy, yeah. absolutely crazy. It is for, what, for whatever reason, like everybody has been sick and ill. Every man and yep. his dog. So, yep. um, so I'm hoping 2020. I've got all my illness out of the way. One go for that December because I, I haven't even trained properly. I've done a bit of yoga and some stretching mm. work, but I haven't been able to train since like the first of December. It's, it's just incredible. That's a long time for me. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, uh, hopefully you're out of it. Hopefully all the uh, all the sicknesses has gone. Um, I've been, yeah. We had to move the party to the uh, to the thirtieth, but still people were ill. It was it was bad, and uh, feel sorry for my father-in-law. He's been ill twice with it. Oh so, God, yeah, no good. Uh, anyway, talking of well, we may as well carry on the miserable uh, theme. I went to Everton. Uh, what was it last night, night before? And we lost four one to Brighton. Uh, however, I forgot to tell you this. I did have a good chat with uh, Andy Burnham, the mayor of Manchester, who was on the, on the row in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> it was mental. nice. So, Andy, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not. Uh, nice to chat with you, mate. <laughs> he had the same same feelings about Everton as as me. Uh, no plans to play. Players are terrible. They don't look like look like they know what they're doing. What's the plan? Um, what, the recruitment's been awful. Brilliant. There you go. Welcome to 2023 what, Everton. <laughs> what is a Liverpudlian fan or Everton fan doing being the mayor of Manchester? That's the first I, question. You know what? I don't know. I, I wish I'd asked him that. I, I don't know. He, I don't know whether he was... Uh, I don't know if he's from Manchester originally, but I, I'm not entirely... I'd have to Google it to find out, but he is a staunch mm. Evertonian. I've followed him on Twitter for a while, so I already knew he was an Evertonian, and then I sat down and I was like, oh... That's Andy Burnham, right in front of me. <laughs> uh, there we go. Brilliant. There we go. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, so yeah, what 2022 taught us the top five uh, takeaways, uh, not takeaways of food, 
that I started talking mm. about off air with James. Uh, number one, this is actually off the back of Perry's podcast, which you ha- if you haven't listened to, please go back and listen to because it is, was game an changing. amazing talk, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. amazing. Which is, as you say, game changing because it's led to, to us changing some things within our hierarchy of hierarchy of fixing shit, as I called it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it is. No, but it is like so. Like the first thing is massaging the abdomen and having a better appreciation of the four knots, as Eastern medicine talks about. So the four knots yep. are both shoulders, both hips. If yep. if they're out of balance, you can't expect to move well, perform well. You're not going to fix anything, basically. No. Well, yeah, they fix anything, but also perform well as well. So yep. I've known Eastern medicine talk about it, but we had never considered. Like we always know when we're, when we're working with people, we want to release the muscle. We want to activate yep. it, integrate it, locomote. Classic Perry 101. Absolutely. And how we've been we do doing it. that for a while. Doing it for a while, but there was sometimes it was just still hitting sticking points and we weren't getting things here. And then what Perry brought up with us in the conversation that we had off air separately, away from not just on the, on the podcast, we did a whole day yep. with him beforehand too, was the importance of massaging the abdomen because. Think of the inputs you are delivering here. The the thing that's connecting opposite shoulder, opposite hip in that X factor across your body. It's your abdomen and stomach. And it's also yep. where there's blood flow. You need to move lymph, digestive yep. issues. Digestion, organs, emotional center, organs, everything. All these things. And it was like, ah, like, why haven't we thought about that? So he was, he, he brought us around to the idea of like, well, you know, again, using Eastern medicine as an example, Massage your abdomen for twenty minutes a day. You will change your life. That's yeah. that's their that's their that's thing. what Perry so said. Yeah, I was looking into that and going, okay, well, let's test it out. My God, the noises that came out my stomach and out of both ends when I first started doing it was it yeah. was ridiculous. Well, like I think it, for you, before we get onto like you know the four knots and stuff and shoulders, um, for you and and for me actually, digestion. Is a is a mm-hmm. it's a big thing, and whenever you're ill, it throws your digestion off. Yep. I think COVID, um, COVID exactly. Uh, you know, when I, I've uh, you know experimented with giving up uh, dairy and gluten, and my digestion has improved massively, and it just makes your life so much better, doesn't it? Yeah, so much easier when you haven't got lots of wind. <laughs> Sorry to be yeah, no, you know, no, yeah. and and gurgling guts and uh, and all that. So it's so important. As you say, because if you if your digestion's good, you feel much better straight away, and you perform better, right? Yeah, exactly. And it was it was that and understanding this the stagnation of yep. blood flow, lymph, obviously the vagus nerve, you know, all these wonderful things that happen in here. But it was interesting. So that was that was that. Then I took it away, and started implementing it, and started doing it. So you you know, for the last month, the only thing I have been doing is massaging my abdomen, massaging certain parts yep. whilst being sick because like I haven't been able to train properly. And the difference it's made on my shoulders is is huge. In fact, a lot of the hip issues, because my right hip's always been an issue. Mm. But what I ha- and we always know it's not it's never the site of pain. Where is it? Yeah. But I'd never realised how much there was tension there was in my abdomen, particularly around my um, my rib areas, the intercostals, uh, the diaphragm, and it was just like gunky. It was horrible. It was like oh, it was so painful in parts. Mm. But clearing that, my hip problems have started to ease while simultaneously I'm working on my shoulders which we'll talk about in a second now because that's another thing that we're going to talk about from that whole conversation with Perry 
but it, it's that adding all things together. It makes you feel better. I feel more digested. But it's, but it's that first thing in the morning. I, I can't emphasize enough. I'll be literally rolling out the stomach. And I've been using one of those um, mobility wad balls to begin with. Then we started using one of those mass vibrating massage balls. That's mm. not a. Uh, <laughs> that's not one of those pleasure pleasure devices. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's not a dirty toy. <laughs> no, uh, but that was the vibrations, and that's what made things start to move quicker, um, both in terms of digestion, both ways, <laughs> delightful, and, um, and doing you know, and just like getting improvements. So. Yeah, it's, it's a big part of us and all of our clients who are now working with us will start to see that the first thing we do, like in any program, is we do like the foam roll to begin with yep. and wake all the <clears> muscles <throat> up and give some proprioceptive feedback. But the focus and target is going to be now on the stomach first because that's the sequencing to go everywhere else. Start mm-hmm. with stomach and then, then you go to your trouble hotspots. Exactly, exactly. You go to the four knots or four corners. Mm-hmm. As I like to uh, like to call them, shoulders and hips. And that's the next thing, shoulders are top of the uh, food chain in terms of what needs to be fixed. And this is, again, another big aha moment for us. Uh, actually, no, above that's breathing, but we won't talk about that on the uh, on this one. Um, but it sort of made us look at our algorithm for what we correct in terms of what we see in assessments mm-hmm. differently. And we've, we've, we've shifted it around because before we've got the um, scratch, aptly scratch test, um, which we, which is never a sort of pass fail for us. It's like a good to know, isn't it? We see how people's yeah. shoulders are moving, and I've said this to you several times. I've never people have poor shoulders. Okay, we'll try to fit our best to sort of fix them, but never being able to really get a lot of improvement in people for some reason. And it's like On, well, online days because yeah, yeah, hard. online, online, yeah. Because I can't get like saying no, we're not, we're not just shit. <laughs> we're no, just no, 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 <laughs> this is online, and it's more difficult online, of course, because yeah. we're not seeing that person in person we're not able to you know touch them get hand, yeah. physically manipulate them get uh, get hands on um which of course if you can get hands on you're going to be able to do more we're online trying to help them um, and it's yeah. been a really really difficult thing to fix and it's like well actually so we sort of we've not ignored it but we sort of put it low down the list of priorities haven't we we've looked yeah. at uh, hips and ankles and t-spine it's like well actually no you should go to the shoulders first because that'll improve your t-spine it's like why am I so dumb? And, and as Perry said, it's nearer the brain. It's more important. It's, it's neurological. Because <laughs> the, old, the old corrective strategy, which we, we kind of like use a lot from FMS, for those who, who know what it is, is, we start with active straight leg raise, look at shoulder mobility, then we look at rotary stability, and then we look mm. at the, the other big four, inline lunge, hurdle step, uh, deep squats. You know, but it, it was kind of like based on that principles. But it was like made us revisit the uh, like I said our correction algorithm where we always put breathing and balance first and we'll, we'll do a separate podcast about this actually I think yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway, breathing and balance top but then it was the shoulders thing it was like okay sometimes you struggle to make differences you can't do it now I have two bad shoulders like I've dislocated both and told broke my clavicle here so I'm a very good candidate to test some of this stuff out with and in the last two weeks I can honestly say my shoulders have never felt so good mm-hmm. and I've Put a lot of work into it, a lot of pain. Charlie Nelson, who's listening, he understands what I'm going through because he's he's doing this stuff and he's got some bad shoulders too. But it, I have my posture's improved, my mobility on my shoulders here. But the big thing is my hip. The mm. the tightness and issues I've had in my hip has come away because of it. Because I'm focusing on the abdomen and the other shoulders first, and it's and I'm continuing that journey and I'm working out what works best for those. But for those who have got serious shoulder issues. 
I would highly recommend looking at your infraspinatus muscle, um, which makes part of the rotator cuff complex on the back on the back side and starting to release that because normally all shoulder issues stem from jacked up muscles that mm -hmm. ain't working. And it's usually at the back end there. The infraspinatus is usually the one, or the teres minor is the one, the two that get jacked up the most. And I can promise you if it is, it is one of the most painful, excruciating things you will ever experience. Josh, you know it because you give it a go the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, again, I've had shoulder problems, as I've mentioned this podcast many, many times. Uh, and uh, yeah, put the old ball on there, got it, got in there properly. And it was, yeah, horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> it shuts down your breathing. It's like, <gasps> it is, yeah. you've really got, to, really got to focus and concentrate on uh, getting your breathing in line. Definitely. But as I say, just what I've what I've what I've had from this, it isn't just like shoulders more mobile. My whole rotation has improved. Yeah. Um, little things like I was uh, seated forward fold. Like just take a, take a basic yoga thing. So I always would always struggle be stacking myself up and doing it properly without you know you know shoulders up by my ears trying to do a forward. But I could touch my toes, but I couldn't mm. do a proper seated forward forward fold. Suddenly, by releasing the shoulders gives me more rotation in my T-spine, it's stacking things up properly and I'm able to go into these forward folding movements better, more yeah. effortlessly. So I, I can't recommend this. And it's, we'll, we'll do loads more stuff on this in the next couple of months, undoubtedly. But it's definitely been an eye-opener for me and also the clients we're working with at the moment behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yep, 100%. Uh, next one is uh, using data more. I know, I think we already, we already use a hell of a lot of data. We love data. We're data geeks. Yep. But uh, now we're going to go more. Apple, is, is, yeah. do you want to specifically talk about your Apple Watch? Well, well this caveat, I, I we got a guest coming on the podcast next week yeah. that I'm so excited about. Like it's, like it's, <laughs> oh, like he, unbelievable. Like it's, um, I'm, trying, I'm gonna make sure I get his, I know his name is Robert Horst, but I wanna make sure I've got his YouTube channel right to give him a shout out beforehand. So let me just, uh, Robert, the, the quantified scientist, there we go. I want to make sure I get that guy's YouTube channel right because I can't wait to get him on. Like he just go, he's a he's a, a scientist that actually specialises in immune response. This mm -hmm. is the, this is the other cool thing. Like um, so, he's coming on. He's got a YouTube channel called the Quantified Scientist. He analyzes all the, um, the Garmin's, the Apple Watches, all the best stuff to work out what's best for people's health and tracking stuff. And yeah. he's plots all these graphs and stuff here. Now I came across him because I was looking into the Apple Watch Ultra that I invested in at the start of the year. Now, I'm not anti-data. I've always liked the data that comes from Garmin. However, I had the old Apple Watch 4 series. And what I like about the Apple Watch, for whatever reason, is the impact it has on my day-to-day -day life. Like I can pay for things quickly. I can take phone calls, I can go for a run, and I can take uh, calls on the go. and all these various different things. And it's, it's, it connects to my iPhone better. Doesn't mean I wasn't aware of the great data that was available through Garmin's and stuff like that. I could use it, understand it, and how you did it. But um, the, the cool thing that I had uh, with, with the Apple Watch was it then started having more data that was available within Garmin's. So I was able to monitor my own personal uh, changes to this. Now, mm. When I talk about this, my running has improved, I'd say, considerably. 
uh, particularly running at math and efficient efficiency because I was more aware of my ground contact time. I was mm. aware of my vertical oscillation. I was aware of all these <laughs> other power th- you know, power metrics. I love the power stuff yeah. um, that they're now using because I can use that to compute and calculate other training plans from power. So like we, like we do with uh, fitness, like weight plans, we can manipulate the wave and the load. We can do that by doing power on your running power. And that starts from the Apple Watch now, for example. But what it also brought with me was wrist temperature. It brought HRV into the equation. It brought all these things that, again, I've been aware of. Not many people have been aware of it in mm. the past, so we haven't really coached it. But now, for me personally, I'm realizing, oh, my God. Like, it's actually not just the power of the data for running, yeah. but it's the power for health that it has. Combining things like, okay, HRV is useful. Not, it's a nice to have, not a must have, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, the jury's still out a bit on HRV, I think. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It's, 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 it's useful when you use yeah. it in here, but it's not, it's not the be-all and end-all. Like, yeah. I, I've, again, for the magazine next month, I've written a whole article about the benefits of HRV and whether it's useful or not. But you take it as another tool in the toolbox that you use. However, yeah. you combine HRV with your wrist temperature and then your resting heart rate if yeah. you start to see things that all get elevated, it's a predictor that your central nervous system is working harder than it should be, right? The yeah. parasympathetic nervous system. So we're looking at the going, oh, well, actually, maybe it's a predictor for illness. So before mm-hmm. I got ill in December, I saw these markers go up and you yeah. know, HIV drop and these other markers mm-hmm. go like, whoa, my wrist temperature is elevated. That's interesting. That's not normal. Hasn't been normal for a while. Guess what? Lo and behold, two days later, three days later, I got sick. So yeah. it helps you change the workload that you're doing with your training. And again, when I was getting better, it started to, to improve. So I started doing some more yoga stuff, going for more walks, a big hike, you know, nice and easily. But then guess what I did? I saw the changes drop again, and then I got the big, the dreaded C word. So it, it's, it's not about just using data for data sector to improve training. It's in, in using the data to make better decisions with your health mm. and inform decisions with your training programs. So that's the thing. I'm not saying HRV should be using HRV as the go-to and be-all, but you have all these metrics together. Suddenly, you can start uh, getting a better picture to understand the intensities you should be working at throughout the day. And that's that's my whole thing. It's not it's not a big up for the Apple Ultra. It's more of a case of there's now a watch out there that I can use day to day. It has better yeah. battery life, and it has some of the the information I need from the Garmin's. Yeah finally and they present it in a better way i think and that's it's the presentation is key mm, yeah absolutely uh, being able to understand the data obviously exactly. also i think uh quantified scientist guy he will talk about which watch is best for what as well yep. <laughs> so if you, no, you know, if you've got if you've got unlimited uh, funds you might want to buy different watches for different things anyway that'll be on that podcast <laughs> exactly no but it's, it's so cool because yeah like I, oh, okay but we'll save it for, you're right we'll save it for that because it is it's going to be so much fun doing yeah. that podcast so there you go that's my thing on data uh, speed walking speed yeah. walking uh, building up walking speed speed reserve uh, we've talked about how the importance of um, walking speed in the past because it's uh, a mortality test yep uh, there's a lot, lot of research which shows uh, if you can walk is it it's, um, four miles an hour as you get older than you are likely to live longer yep uh, the data is out there so we've been working on that right yep we have been working on that and it's it's taking um what we call it it is more now the case of using your walking speed 
as a way to build up what we call your walking speed reserve. So in fitness and high-end athletics, as an example, um, and sports, you want to build... <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse you. Well, I choked myself then. You That's want nice. to build up your athlete's speed reserve. So they're working sub-thresholds. You want to make them faster mm-hmm. so they can work more comfortably within that reserve, but they're, they're working faster each time, so it's, it's within their comfort zone. So I was like, well, why don't we do the same with walking? Because most people are slow walkers. Mm. Build up someone's speed reserve. It's going to make everything else from walking, moving around day-to-day life much easier and much simpler. And that was it. So we, we've really worked on making sure that people go from, they can walk one and a half miles in 20 minutes for the walk test, to now going two miles in 20 minutes, three miles in 45, four miles in an hour, and then yeah. starting adding weight and load to build up this walking speed reserve, which has been great for people recovering from knee injuries. like uh, Sarah Pakella, she's doing amazing. She, uh, it's been snowing recently, so obviously she hasn't gone quite as far. She's still out doing her walking, so well done, Sarah. Uh, but she hit uh, five miles, weighted, uh, what was it, with... 20, I think it was with 25% body weight on her back, Brilliant. five miles in an hour. So, smashing it. Exactly. Brilliant. Well, that's exactly what we want. That's exactly what we want to try yeah. and see. And and that was it. Just focusing more on that and this, this walking speed reserve, which carries over to every, other things in everyday life. Particularly because when people first start doing it, again, again, I use Charlie as an example. He, you know, he feels that everyone, his shins, his ankles, his calves, when he first started doing it because mm. it's building up the resistance with all ligaments and tendons in the lower half of the body too because it's hard yep. it's really hard and if you struggle it's, with this this book great you find you say it's, and that's, uh, it's, that's, gives it's the shins a good old burn walking, initially not the funny olympic style but in our in our way is the gateway to better running as well in our opinion oh I, I lost you there for a second you're back it's okay there we go anyway uh number five um Here's what we did. Scale back power and plyometric work. Plyometric. 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 Yeah, this is this is something that we'd not dismissed because in our system of training, power is layer three. So you've got to earn the right to get up there and do true power and plyometric work. However, maybe something that we hadn't done in the past was started doing safe alternatives and preparing people to do some power and light power and speed work yeah. and speed work easy plyometric work into things to get them ready for it because they are there are benefits to it but at yeah. what scale and i think that's the that thing we started adding more in our in our program design where yeah. we've always done you know mobilize at the start warm up we're going to activate the muscles work out then stretch we've now added more of a, a power plyometric thing in between the activation and the workout just to mm. get the f- central nervous system fighting. Now, we've always known that for athletes, it's a big thing. But for yep. people over 30, we've, we've done it more, but a sc- more scaled back version, which seems to have better and more fun results, I think, for people too. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's it's like, you know, simple stuff. Like if you can swing a kettlebell and do uh, some swings for like 30% body weight, that's great for power. And then just yep. basic, like basic hopping drills, Forwards yep. and backwards and sideways, just hopping, hopping sticks, two-legged jumps, yep. you know, single leg hops onto a, a low, ideally a soft box because you don't want to break your shins. Just, just easy stuff like that. But also, jump rope. That is yep. actually, easy plyometric work, isn't it? 
Exactly. And that's it. So it's, you know, little thing. Again, people may go, well, duh, we, we get it. We, we, it's not something we've dismissed, but it's not been a priority for a lot of people. Yeah. And, the people and, the, and, the, and the people we're working with, particularly in terms of everyday athletes over 30 who are coming to us with, with multiple different issues. It's yeah. not just uh, top-end athletes that need to no. perform at the highest level. That's a different ballgame altogether writing their programs. But I think if people go, duh, it's also like, well, maybe those people are giving... Uh, power work that people aren't ready for. Yeah. That's thing you've got to consider it as well. It's like, well, I'm doing power work, yeah, but are they actually ready for it, or are you, or are you potentially just going to injure this person? That's the way. Yeah. That's the way we look at it, right? Exactly. So yeah, that that was that was it. So we're not saying massive power like one rep maxes for people over fifty, <laughs> things like that. It's it's more of a case of scale back work, uh, like like thirty percent body weight, third body weight kettlebell swings is a good example. Yeah. Um, even jerks too as an example there too yeah. and with basic plyometric books so there you have it uh, uh, indeed five things that we've learnt and mastered or tried to apply in 2022 and will be applying in 2023 and who knows what we'll learn this year exactly exactly uh, before we sign off what is your top takeaway James do you have one <laughs> top takeaway. as in food <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great question actually um I know yours is pho. So. It is, or, f- or pho, as it's pho. supposed to be pronounced, I think. Yeah, Vietnamese pho. Absolutely love it. Used to get it every week in London when I lived down there. Uh, yeah, well, you, you're not, um, obviously, because of your digestion and dairy intolerance. And it intolerance. It's a bit difficult for you, is it? It, it, it is. I have yeah. to be really careful. Like I have to, like... Um, focus on like the things I can go and eat. So like, again, mm. don't, you know, don't be wrong. I'd love an Indian. I would love you know, <laughs> Indian, Indian takeaways are brilliant, but it, it'll, when I have those once or twice a year, it wrecks me for like a week. Yeah. Um, even, even when I go non-dairy uh, and as, as a result of it. So it's, it's hard. Like I, I like sushi. I like, mm. um, nice. Oh God, you, you put me on the spot here now. I have put you on the spot. Twice you, a freaking <laughs> good burger. Like I, I would happily, yeah, rather than take you, go to a really good burger. And get a good burger. You do like a good burger, actually. I've I've received enough burger pictures off you uh, over the years that you like. What's the, is it? The hill, the hills, hills in Brecon. Yeah, that's there one. And yeah. then there's the beefy boys in Hereford as well. Beef, beefy boys, good. love it, love it. Shout Anch, out to the hills and beefy boys. <laughs> and there's Anch in Cardiff as well. It's like uh, another one, but it's all like local. It's all local nice. produce done really well. So yeah. Nice. Well, next time I come down, I expect to be taken to uh, the hills. I I'll think. think about it. Thanks very much. Uh, thank you very much, James. Thank you, guys. I hope you found this uh, useful. And uh, here's to a great 2023. Thank you for listening to the Fit Over 30 podcast with Josh Kennedy and James Breeze. If you love listening to these episodes, then please let somebody else know about this podcast. That's how you can help it grow. And the more it grows, the more free content we can bring to you. Also, if you'd like to learn more about how we help people over 30 with a more bespoke training solution, you can book in for a free consultation with us at strengthmatters.com forward slash call right now.